Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report. It's a brand new show for a Thursday. It's July 21st, year of science 2022. Science! All hell science. It's right to give science thanks and praise. Just like it's right for you guys to be here with us today on The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. Just squeeze a fish into a bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, thinks soup. That, Eddie thinks that's how fish soup is made. How else would he be made? Just squeeze a fish into a bowl. That's how you make tomato soup. Squeeze a tomato. Even that is incorrect. Apple juice? <laughs> that's different. Thank you. That's juice. That's not soup. No. Uh, the, only thing, the only difference is the container it's in. It's, if it's in a cup, it's tomato juice. If it's in a bowl, it's tomato soup. No, they puree. Well, it's the, the same. They puree the tomatoes. It's apple soup in a bowl. And you would cut up the fish, mm. and you would you would cook it and put it in with other... I'm not going to... I just can't. Kids, welcome to the Ralph Report. I am your old podcast pal. I'm Ralph Garman. And you know what I don't have? Yeah. I don't have a co-host with a beard. What happened to your beard? All your facial hair went away today. I got tired of having, like, a hair on my face. Like, I go through every six months, I just get sick of it. You grow it. Yeah. So so it's on you. It didn't just show up there. No no one's putting a gun to your head. I grow it, and I like it, and I wear it for a while, and then I get sick of it, and I shave it. Well. And then I'll grow it back. But I just wanted to shave it. The baby-faced man across the table from me, you know him as the mayor of Myrtle Beach. Lobster rescuing capital of the world. We'll talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> He's also the sheriff of Ghost Town. He's the rear admiral. He's Odegaard. AKA Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo ho, Eddie. Yeah, we just don't have time today to get into the uh, lobster rescue. It's a good tease, Beach. though. It is a good tease. You're not going to miss tomorrow's show. <laughs> And if you're a four-star general, you don't have to wait that long mm-hmm. because we'll be recording that show tonight. If you are uh, available and you're a four-star general, we'd love to have you join us. How do you do that? Well, I sent out the link. You just got to click on the Crowdcast link, and you can be here in the Batcave with us as we record the show live. You get to see all the warts and all behind the scenes. There's a lot of warts. So many warts. So many anal warts. No, there's not. Why do they have to be anal warts? <laughs> Can't they just be warts? I, I like to heighten it. If it's going to be warts, make it anal warts. You're not hiding. I'm heightening it. Heightening. 7 p.m. tonight. Come join us. We'd love to have you. It's a good time when the four stars hang out with us. We always appreciate it. So be here if you get the opportunity. Good times. You're not going to be sad about today's show either, though. We got a hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, because it's Thursday. We're going to get sexy and mysterious on today's Ralph Sex University. Also, entertainment news, all of your phone calls. So much good stuff ahead. You're going to be glad you joined us. You're going to say, yeah, uh huh. This is a Thursday to be remembered. You're going to circle the calendar because of today's show. Stop guarantee. Well, I actually don't guarantee oh, come that. Come on, guarantee it. I can't, but it's going to be a good show. Uh, before we get into the show proper, if you got a moment, I'd love to explore a story I saw in the news that just seems like it's jumping off the silver screen. You would say, this has to be the plot of a movie, or yeah. is it really happening? Is it science fiction or science fact? <laughs> Science fiction or science fact? I know many of you are thinking to yourselves right now, you're thinking, oh, I bet he's going to talk about those radio signals that someone picked up on that uh, radio telescope. Uh, signs of the uh, the other other worlds communicating yeah. with us. No, I'm not even going to oh, waste my time. Yeah, because it's bullshit. 
That's not bullshit. It's bullshit. Even the people involved say it's probably a uh, a uh, you know a, a quasar or a Big Bang event or something, and that's why we're getting. There's a superhero things. called Quasar. Could be him. It's not. It's not anything that you're saying. This story, however, has genuine value to it, uh-huh. and I needed to explore it. Right now, a Japanese city is hunting a wild monkey that has been attacking its citizens. Oh, my God. Unprovoked. Oh, no. Terror of the monkey. That's <laughs> what I'm calling my screenplay. I've been working on it all afternoon. Terror, Terror of the monkey. Good time well spent. Thank you. <laughs> a wild monkey terrorizing a small city in southwestern Japan. Oof. Breaking into homes. Oh, my God. To bite and claw residents oh. amid an ongoing hunt for the animal. Meditated monkey attack. Yes, exactly. That's my That's point. This isn't, oh, uh, you take his banana and no. he gets pissed off. He's breaking into homes. He's got a, a, an agenda, a mission. That's going to be on the poster of Terror of the Monkey. He's got an He's agenda. He's got an agenda <laughs> and a mission. <laughs> the Terror of the Monkey. Some 20... People, oh my God, have been attacked. Wow, so far this is like a mass yes. attacking. That's my point. This wow. isn't the the occasional one off. No, this is the same monkey. Twenty victims. People in the uh, Agori Ogori area of uh, Yamaguchi have been attacked by this monkey. This is just since uh, July eighth, by the way. Mm. Twenty people since the eighth of this month. Wow, that's more than one a day. The youngest victim is a ten month old girl. Right around one a day. I was going to say, <laughs> when, it, when I, I didn't heard know what it, day it was. I was like, I should probably stop. <laughs> I was like, is it the 18th? And do, no, it's and tw- do the math because invariably, it's the this, 21st. someone Sorry. will say, oh, you got to play a timestamp. And then we'd have to go back and go <laughs> well, through it. I caught it. it. So I caught it's, it. So it's not one a day. It's a little 20, less than one a day. 20. Well, you plus said eight. And I thought it was the 18th in my the head. Eight. I was like, oh, it's like one a day almost. Well, that still wouldn't be one a day. If there's 20 victims, that's 10, so it's two, less, a day. Be two a that's day. Two a day. So the exact opposite of what you said. Look, you're closer to what you said initially. I shaved my beard. Cut me some slack. <sighs> you're like Samson. It's all the power. All, in your, all my math powers are facial in my beard. Hair? It's all in my facial hair. My pubes. Youngest victim, ten year old girl, whose leg was attacked and scratched by the monkey. Oh God! When it entered through a screen door on the first floor of her house. So. Looked through the door, saw her there, busted through the screen door, came after Look her. for it. Ten-year-old uh, boy sent to the emergency room with mm-hmm. bites on uh, the arm and both hands. Um, last Tuesday night, a woman in her 60s and a woman in her 80s, both who were outside, were both attacked by the monkey. Well, he's going after the weakest in our society, the old people and the children. They didn't say it was a dumb monkey. It's a smart <laughs> monkey. Smart monkey. Terror of the smart monkey. <laughs> monkey bit a man drying laundry outside. Oh, man. Just hanging up your sheets over the clothesline. <laughs> monkey comes through. He's attacking us from the bottom up. The day-to-day chores he's making us scared to do. A uh, woman whose balcony screen door was open attacked. Two toddler brothers were attacked when the monkey climbed into their home through a window. Oh. Keep your windows closed and stop buying screen well, doors. I bet it's hot in Japan now. Well, it's hot everywhere. <laughs> you once again blaming the victim. This is like you yesterday <laughs> not talking about it. the people whose I'm, house was burning down. I'm just down. saying take precautions. Well, you don't expect a monkey to come through your Dude, window. The way the world is now, you can't take anything for granted. I'm not assuming I am susceptible to monkey attacks Simply by opening up my well, window, trying here. to get some fresh air. There's no Anywhere. monkeys in Van Nuys. You don't know. <laughs> That's probably what they thought in Yamaguchi, too. <laughs> you know what the problem is, they what? say? What, what, what? Macaque. 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 Yeah, fucking macaque. Once again, macaque is the problem. Oh, man. I have so many troubles that come from macaque. No, you just can't trust macaque. Oh, macaque is wreaking havoc. <laughs> Your macaque likes old people and children. <laughs> Macaques have been <laughs> terrorizing several areas of Japan, but usually they're scavenging food from visitors, tourists, and the like. Yeah. This is the first time that authorities have seen a uh, macaque with mm. a mission, Fuck it. as it's going to say on the poster. <laughs> Terror well, of they the never monkey. saw you in college. <laughs> <laughs> macaque had a mission in college for sure. Um, <laughs> Ogori... 
Mm. I believe I'm saying that right. Ogori, sure the area are. is largely residential. And that means it's not like it's up against even the forest. So they yeah. say it's rare for a wild monkey to leave the forest and harm humans. But this monkey is, uh, he's, on a, he's yeah. on a rampage. Doesn't that sound awful? Sounds frightening. 20 victims. 20. That's like one a day. <laughs> it's a little more than one a day. Since they started. It's, it's, it's 21st. It's a little more. We're getting close to being one a day. Anyway, so if uh, <laughs> if you're one of our Garmi members in Yamaguchi, yeah. for God's sakes, take the advice of our resident wildlife expert, yeah. Eddie Pence, and get a fan. Get a fan. Because it's your fault that the monkey is attacking fear you. Fear my cack. <laughs> I think we all fear macaque. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just <laughs> the end times. Oh. The wild animals are starting to just to come after us. They're trying to take over. They, we're, we're all going to burst into flames. It's 130 degrees everywhere on the planet. It's just, oh, it's, 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 it's all nightmare. over. It's a nightmare. So I just hope I have time to get terror of the monkey. Is that what I called it? Yeah, the terror of terror the monkey. of the monkey. It's got an agenda and a mission. Right. I just hope I have time to get it made before we all go down. <laughs> because is it science fiction or science fact? Science fiction or science fact? Although "Beware Macaque" might be a better, oh, "Beware Macaque" might yes. be a better title for um, the uh, the production. Macaque on the loose. Terror of the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, hide your kid. Macaque's on the loose. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's all about macaque. <sighs> All right, let's turn to something we never need to fear, and that's the Garmy. Mm. We love it when you reach out to us. So many ways you can do so, by the way. You can write us an email if you like, ralph at the ralphreport.com, Eddie or Steve at that same email address. You can also find us on social media, or you can do what a great many Garmy members do, dial up the old Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's available to you. Just got to dial up that number, one 833 then you can leave your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments, anything that's on your mind. I listen to them all. Then I grab a handful that catch my ear, and we put them here in Garmy on the line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. Blah, 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 blah. Macaque on the loose. <laughs> I got to work on it. I got to workshop the titles. Run past the, uh, what do they call those people? They get together the uh, focus group. Fo focus, focus group. group. Yeah, focus group. Yeah, focus workshop group. it. All right. First up is Kim. You know, I've been uh, dealing with uh, AC problems here at the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim thinks she may have the solution. Hey, Ralph. It's Kim Reed from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Since Cooperman's just around the corner, yes. you might want to check to make sure he didn't do anything to your AC unit since you didn't ask him to co-host with you. Right. So just the yeah. thought. Bye. He was so cheesed off when I asked Queen J to step in when you took that day off <laughs> that maybe it's sabotage. He could have been trying to shut the whole show down. It's coupetage. He was <laughs> scrambling up on the, my roof like macaque, <laughs> just monkeying with my AC. Yeah, you don't have a screen door. He would have come busting through. Uh, I had the guy come out, take a look at the AC, by the way. Yeah. And he said, it's fucking serviceman. You know, look, I know it's a hard job and diagnosing any mechanical issue, I can assume is complicated mm -hmm. stuff. But it seems like more often than not, you get stuck with a guy who's like, eh. he just gives you a bunch of options and without really telling you anything. So the guy's on the roof and he's looking at the thing and I'm, you know, up there with him and he's showing me this and that. And he's like, well, it could be, I, I can tell that your Freon pressure is low. Right, okay. So we, uh, it could be Freon the Freon, right? but, and I said, well, can you, can you see if there's a leak in the, oh no, that would take like a day. I mean, they, you can leak anywhere. It can leak anywhere. There's any, any number of ways that Freon can leak out. It's like, okay, isn't that. <laughs> Part of your, it's like going to a doctor's. Supposed to figure it I'm out. I'm bleeding out my ass. 
Can you figure out what's oh, happening? No. Oh, there's so many blood vessels in the body. Blood comes from all over the body. It's everywhere. It would take us a day to figure out why you're bleeding out. We wow. just don't have that option. Wow, let's put more blood in you. He's like, no, I can fill it up. Yeah. He said, but I don't like the sound of the condenser either. That might be your problem. And if it's the condenser, I would just go for a whole new unit. Would because, you? Because you're talking only talking about a grand difference between a new condenser and a new unit. Right. And a condenser, I can't give you a guarantee on that, but I can give you a guarantee. Oh, he's on just a, trying to upsell you. Yeah, that's yeah. what it felt like. Oh. So he filled up the Freon. The air conditioner has been working and has been cool. So yeah. fingers crossed, maybe that was it. It's comfortable in here. Yeah, it's fine. Well, if there's a leak, the Freon's going to leak out again. Well, that's the thing. If it happens again, then, then we'll know, know that I got I to gotta do something else with it. But, yeah. uh, but it's Cooperman. Cooperman, Cooperman cut my line. Bring Cooperman here and grill him. I should. Find sit, out. Sit him down this chair, put a big spotlight over his head. Start smoking in his face. <laughs> Listen, pal. <laughs> we could do good cop, bad cop with Cooperman. <laughs> He'd piss himself in about oh. five minutes. I'm kidding, Coop. I'm <laughs> kidding. You're you're a rock of a man. Oh, you're solid. 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 Granite, you are. Uh, Eddie Pence. Fucking Eddie Pence. What'd I do? Well, you start shit with the Garmy. The, the only start? people I can't afford to alienate in my I life. What did I start with the Garmy? You and Drew have this beef. Oh, Drew still cares about this? You start coming at his beloved Yankees. He's, he, does, he, does he play for the Yankees? Is he? Hey, you know. Is he a Steinbrenner? You know what it's like to have a passion for a foot for a for a sport. But I draw team. the line at some point. I'm like, okay, it's just the team I'm cheering. But if you for. heard a guy that you like said, "Oh fuck the Yankees," you'd probably come back. And he did with that video. He did, and I thought it was subtle. It was very funny. And people who got upset by that video, by the way, it's just Drew being a New Yorker. That's oh. what they do. It's just the way. That's like that's like a, I thought it a was, love tap. I thought it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But he still has other thoughts, and he called back in. Hey, Ralph, and welcome back, Eddie Fats. <laughs> hey, Eddie, I was thinking about a beef, and I was wondering if you wanted to spice it up a little bit. Ooh, spice. You know, add some curry to this dish. <laughs> what beef? Thinking we'd look ahead to the football season. Oh. You know, I happen to cheer for an NFC East team myself. Oh, gross. I know that you and Ralph have your freestanding pie bet. Yes. But I happen to think that my New York Giants are going to do better than your Washington commie. So what do you say we make it interesting? Mm. If the Giants do better than the commies, then, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to have to wear a Giants jersey to a live show or something oh, like that. Oh, I like it. You know, and if the commies do better than the Giants, which we both know is never going to happen, <laughs> then, you know, you can name your terms and I'll gladly accept. Wow. Let's spice it up a little, Eddie. What do you say? LMB. What do you say? We put a little curry in that beef? I don't know. I got to think about this. I'm glad that you're both both acknowledging it's a foregone conclusion that one team is going to win the NFC East, and we all know who that's going to be. Just saying. Mm. So you guys can battle it out for second and third. I don't know why Drew's just letting – he's just focusing on me when he knows that your Eagles are far more obnoxious. Eagles fans are the most obnoxious in the division. Well, he knows. The most obnoxious fans. But he knows, again, it's a foregone conclusion that the Eagles are going to win that division. So it's not a good bet for him (sighs) to take on the Eagles because then he's going to have to pay the piper. But he's got a shot against the commies. He's got a shot. Luckily – We swept him last year. He's picked a team that will likely falter to – Third, maybe fourth in the division? Who, the Eagles? No, yes. the Commies. No. Eagles are going to win the division. That's a, that's a given. Commanders are winning the division. Oh, my God. Commanders are winning the division. Well, this is, this is neither here nor there because you're getting a pie from me. I'm but not, are you accepting? I'm are you accepting you. that? No, I got. I got to see what Washington's terms are going to do better than New York. No, I got to think of what the terms are for Drew. I'm not just going to accept it on my end, and then no, we're not doing. It. I got to think of some terms. He just said all you have to do is wear a Giants jersey well, at a live show. Who's buying me the Giants jersey? I'll buy you I'm the not Giants. Buying a I'll, fucking Giants I'll buy jersey. you the Giants jersey. I'll write it off as a business expense <laughs> for the show. And then you get to call whatever you want for him to do. It's the perfect bet. Football season doesn't start for him. We can take our time with this. I don't need to jump into this right now. What a chicken. I don't need to jump into this right now. Peer pressure has never gotten to me in my entire life. You can fuck your chicken. You can take your chicken and fuck it. Fuck your chicken. No. Sorry, I will think about it, Drew. Sorry, Drew. I will think about it. Yesterday, we talked about Peregrine White. Ah, yeah, Falcons. Peregrine White. Yes. 
was the very first child born in the Massachusetts Bay Colony when the uh, Mayflower came okay. over. First newborn American once right. the, uh, the the uh, Mayflower landed. Okay. And we said, I was like, I know that sounds familiar. I think it's a bird. Turns out it's the peregrine falcon yeah. from the incomes. Yeah. But we also didn't know whether peregrine was a, a female child or a male child. Right, right, right. And frankly, we just couldn't be bothered. No. But what are the odds that a ancestor, no, it would be the other way around, a progeny, a scion, I don't know, a relative of Peregrine Whites would be a Garby member. What? That a uh, that the, back way back in the olden days, Peregrine White somehow <laughs> spread his or her seed. Spread his or her fertility <laughs> far enough down <laughs> along the lines that eventually a Garby member recognized the name when called in. Wow. Hi, Ralph. This is Jessica Kuhn. I'm a four-star general from Fort Collins, Colorado. I'm calling because on today's show, you mentioned Peregrine White, who is the first child born in the new colony. So my maiden name was White, and I happened to be a direct descendant of the Mayflower, and Peregrine White was my 15th great-uncle. So you are correct that the Peregrine is a falcon, yes. but I wanted to let you know that it was, as you said, a dude kid, dude not kid. a girl kid. Okay. So I just wanted to give you that information. Thank Love you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Thank you, Jessica. Wow. Dude kid. So we've got a direct ancestor of, am I using that right? Or ancestors go back? Yeah, it goes back. Well, well, yeah. So, so Peregrine was her ancestor. Yes, yes. Is a Garmy member. And she kept the white, the white name lasted all the way to her getting married. Yeah. That's crazy. But what are the odds of that? That's a... Uh... I don't know. What are the odds that two Garmy members what? have that story? Fucking Peregrine got around. Hello, boys. It's your favorite widow, Jesse Schaefer, calling in from Reading. Uh, I just happened to pause the show where you were talking about Peregrine White. Peregrine was actually a male. Um, I happen to know because he is my, I forget how many, great-grand-uncle. His older brother was named Resolved. Yes. Resolved. I shit you yeah. not. And Resolved is my aunt's great-grandfather. Susanna White, Resolved and Peregrine's mother, was on the Mayflower in her third trimester. Wow. Can mm. you just imagine mm -mm. how she must have felt on the Mayflower? That's a bad boat eight ride. Eight pregnant. Yeah. Have a good one. So not only do we have two Garmy members who are direct descendants, that's the word I was looking ah, for. okay. Of Peregrine White yeah. coming over on the Mayflower. That's nuts. But Jessica and Jesse are related to each other, yeah. and they probably never even knew it until, until now, today. You're bringing people together. I'm bringing people together. That's my point. For as little as 15 cents a day, I'm introducing you to your 15th cousins yeah. 400 times removed. This is better than 23 and me. Oh, and me. <laughs> what it is. Peregrine's macaque got everywhere. Apparently it did. So Jessica and Jesse, reach out to me. Send me an email. I'm going to put you guys together and you can be at the next white family reunion. <laughs> All right. You know, we play upbeat music for you each and every episode. Why? To make your day a little bit brighter. That's all we want to do. We call them our happy hits. Today's request comes from the lovely Pixie Luna. Luna Pixie, rather. Oh, man. Yeah, got to yeah. get that right. Yeah. From the UK. It's embarrassing. I met her and her husband when I, I was over there, and they're both lovely people. Luna Pixie is celebrating today, and she wants to celebrate with the rest of the Garmy with a special happy hit. Ahoy there, mateys. Uh, it's Luna Pixie, four-star general from Plymouth, UK. And I'm calling in for a happy hit for this Thursday, the 21st of July. Um, now, the reason why I'm calling up for this happy hit is uh, after three years of study, Finally, this Thursday, I will be graduating with a first-class master's degree in naval history. Um, one of the biggest challenges that I face, and I know I'm not alone in this, is, um, you know, for much of my life, I've always been worried. I've had that fear that I'm not actually good enough to do anything. Um, but I did want to celebrate this with the Barmy and tell each and every one of you that you are absolutely good enough. So if the Garmy could celebrate with me, my husband, Dave, and my two children, Aidan and Magenta, this Thursday at 11.45 a.m. BST, by dancing and rocking out to Cindy Lauper's Do You Need a Good Enough, I'd really, 
really love it. It would just be the icing on the cake of what's already going to be a really special day. I mean, come on. I'm a naval historian. It was used in a film about pirates and buried treasure. It's got a galleon in it. Come on, it's a sign. So, yeah, if you could play that, I would be eternally grateful. Oh, and uh, because of my my degree, I'm also going to give myself a promotion within the Garmy, and I'm going to be the first sea lord. Anyway, uh, sea lord. very much for everything <laughs> that you do. Um, I hope I get to hear my happy hit this Thursday. LMB, everyone. Congratulations, Luna Pixie. Getting a master's degree is no mean feat. Yeah. Uh, naval historian there in Plymouth in the UK. Congratulations. And of course, we'll play a happy hit for you. And you're right. Sometimes we all have moments where we uh, doubt whether we're good enough to do the things that we want to do or the things that we'd love to do. And Goonies are good enough. And the Garmy's good enough. Here's Cindy Lauper. It is. I got to see that movie soon. Congratulations to Luna Pixie. Thanks to everybody who called in today. You too can be featured in the Garmy on the Line segment. In order for that to happen, however, you must call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, let's take a look back through history and find out folks who were born on this day, July 21st. You know what I always say about people, Eddie Pence? Yes. Everyone's born. Right. But not everyone truly lives. No. But these people, mm -hmm. the reason we're still talking about them, uh -huh. it's because they were born to be alive. Born. Eighteen fifty-one, Sam Bass, old Western outlaw and train robber, born on this day in eighteen fifty-one. Notably, he was part of the gang that famously robbed a train of over sixty thousand dollars. Damn! And back in the olden times, that right. was a lot of money. 
Outlaw Sam Bass. Outlaw Sam Bass. There's a wrestler called Outlaw Ron Bass. Oh, Jesus God. So just, I think it was a little homage. Sam Bass died as a result of wounds sustained in a gun battle with law enforcement. Oh, that's part of the, it comes with the territory. I would Crime doesn't pay, kids. No, no. If I can teach you any one thing, it would be that. 1856, Louise Blanchard Bethune became the first American woman architect. Yeah. How about that? Born on this day in Waterloo, New York, 1895. Ken Maynard, who was one of the biggest silent film Western stars in show business at one time, American stuntman and actor, he was born on this day. Started off as a stunt rider, and then after the second, the first World War, a friend of his said, you should go uh, make those uh, motion pictures. They could use a guy like wow. you. 1924, he started working in Westerns. Started off as a stuntman, but his good looks eventually let him uh, move up the food chain, started to supporting roles, and then eventually became a star. And the beauty of him, and the reason the directors and cinematographers loved him, was that he did all his own stunts. So you could shoot him pretty close up and people could tell that yeah. he was the actual guy doing it. His action scenes were so spectacular in the 1920s and early 30s that often they would reuse those action scenes in later films. <laughs> and they would costume the other actors to look like him and they would just insert those action scenes in there because no one else could replicate so he's them. a stunt double in other films. Yes, John Wayne, for example, <laughs> did several films where they would just put him in clothes that That's were identical funny. to Ken Maynard so that they could uh, in interject That's that stuff. That's hilarious. He made the transla uh, transition to talking pictures in 1929. The very first singing cowboy picture was hmm. a Ken Maynard picture, The Wagon Master. Uh, but eventually he got to be known as a, uh, a miserable uh, uh, drunk. Oh, no. Had an alcohol problem and temper tantrums on the set eventually led to Universal Pictures letting him go. And he died penniless in a trailer oh, man. on a piece of ground. Well, he's probably injured all the time, so he drank to numb the pain, yes. and it just turned into a vicious cycle. That's my, that's my story. That's the same thing because of all my injuries your, from all your stunt work. All my stunt work, I have to have a couple cocktails. Got to numb the pain just to feel yeah, uh, right. just to feel all right. Oh, yeah. oh, the demon demon drink, people. If I can tell you any other stories other than crime never pays right stay away from the demon alcohol yeah, because one and two no good will nope. come from it no sorry bob 1899 on this day ernest hemingway was born one of the great american authors of course uh your famous uh, your favorite uh, hemingway book oh, Eddie, of all his famous works what would you say your favorite hemingway mm. piece is feather in my rectum oh my god there's no feather in my rectum Are you sure yeah. You want to look? I'm, I got a list here in front of me. See a lot of famous Hemingway books, but I'm not seeing any feather in my rectum. I yeah. wrote it after he died. You really don't have a favorite Hemingway piece? I'm not a big Hemingway fan. Oh, he's so Tracy good. loves Hemingway. Oh, he's so good. She loves him. I don't really care for Terse, tight, economical. The writer, the writer, writing like a man who's got a place to be. Yeah, but doesn't he, spend a lot of time with flowery language. He eh, just tells the tale. Eh, not much for me. Sun Also Rises, that could have been a title you could have pulled instead of Feather Up My Rectum. In My Rectum. A Farewell to Arms, To Have and Have Not, To Whom the Bell Tolls, The Old Man in the Sea. My God. That one was a long fucking read. Oh, The Old Man in the Sea, I love that. Fuck, man. Santiago out there. Oh. Just fucking, just drown already. Oh, just fucking, God. or find land. See, you're just, you're, you're. No, that one was a long You're read. a microwave dude. Fuck yeah. Everything you want it just. Cliff notes the shit out of that. You want it just sloppy Old and man quick. In the sea. And just. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> leave a 20 on the nightstand and leave. Come on, you got to roll around in it sometimes. Uh, that one doesn't need any more rolling than it's already got. It's fucking long. 1911, Marshall McLuhan, famous Canadian writer and prophet of the digital age, was born in Edmonton, Alberta. I love McLuhan's work. He was perhaps the first person to take a true critical eye to uh, mass media. Mm -hmm. So many great quotes from McLuhan's work, like the medium is the message. You probably heard that before. Yeah. Um, we shape our tools, and therefore our our tools shape us, he said, about okay. um, technology that he was seeing on the horizon. There are no passengers on spaceship Earth. We are all crew, he said, about having to take care of the planet. Oh, well, yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. The, with the arrival of electric technology, mm -hmm. he said, man mm -hmm. has extended or set outside himself a live model of the central nervous system itself. 
Okay. It's absolutely true. Well, yeah. We, we are the world we interact with. But think about what he's saying. He's saying up until recently, in terms of the timeline of man, yeah. all we could experience visually and, and in terms of auditory, sensory, was, around us. was our legitimate yes. firsthand experience. Yes. With the advent of electronic technology. We're connected. We're not connected. It's the first time that we've been able to experience sights, sounds, experiences outside of our own personal experience. Okay. We've abdicated that role right. to a box that's in front of us, to a, to a speaker, to, 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 a, to a screen. Yeah, but you're seeing things you could never see before. Yeah, but you're not truly experiencing them. He, his point was, you're not interacting with those things. You are a passive observer of those things. And it's lessened us as a species because we're not interacting with those think, moments. I don't agree. Oh, I do. I do completely. Those fucking web photos from those other galaxies you're seeing? Like, you never would have seen that if that's... And to see that changes your perspective on your existence. Does it? Yes. I would counter that by saying, go to any concert or live event now and see how many people are watching events through their Oh, I agree. Screen. People fucking will videotape shit that they're never going to show anybody ever. Personal experience is being diluted because everything now has to be filtered through some sort of electronic technology. That's because people want the, the constant reaffirmation or the likes from posting on social media. That's what they're looking for. That's why they're filming that so they can post on social media and get the like. That's the reward. I don't even know if most people who are filming or taking pictures ever post those things. I think that's why most people do that shit. I don't, I, I disagree. I think we're conditioned now to experience life through a series of screens and speakers. Well, I think there's a pushback and I think people are going the other way with it now. I would like to meet those people and know where you're finding them. <laughs> okay. They're not in Myrtle Beach. And they're not, they're not at Knott's Berry Farm. Yes, they are. Where now they need chaperones. That's a fine to, thing. To keep that's, people that's good. I think we all need chaperones. Throwing down on each other. The show needs a chaperone. Listen to what Marshall McLuhan said in the 1960s about politics. Politics will eventually be replaced by imagery. The politician will only too be only too happy to abdicate in favor of his image because the, the image will be much more powerful than he could ever be. Yeah, that's what politics is. Yeah. It's all about perception, but right? He, but why? Why are you? Why are you coming down on the man who I'm not put his, down. who put his finger on the pulse of what is the biggest problem in politics now? And this was happening. This when he was making comments on this. This was happening in the fifties and sixties because he could. You. That's what politics has always been. Has always been image. The fact that we have politics, even way back when with George Watt, that all that shit was image. Yeah. Politics is always image. But there used to be public servants service connected to. The offices. Ne never before in American history has it been less an issue of public service and only about image the way no, it is. No, I agree. Now. It's getting worse. There are full time politicians now who simply spend all of their time on Twitter and on, on podcasts and making video yeah, clips no. and they do nothing I else. I agree. They, don't, they do no legislating. They do nothing else other than just being an image. I agree. It's getting worse, but it's always been about image. It's pathetic. On this day in 1924, Don Knotts, great American actor, was born in Morgantown, West Virginia. Of course, uh, known primarily, I guess, still as Barney Fife on the old Andy Griffith show, but he was also on Three's Company as well. Let's hear, let's hear a little bit of Don's work. Nip it, nip it in the bud. Nip in the bud, Dandy. <laughs> Plaz Johnson. Oh, Plaz Johnson. Plaz? Plaz Johnson. Plaz. You heard me. P-L-A-S. Plaz. Plaz Johnson. One of the great sax players of bebop jazz, great session player too. They would hire him a ton of times to be in the studio and record stuff. He was born on this day in 1931. I would beg to, I would uh, hazard to say mm -hmm. that he is responsible for the single most famous sax solo in modern history and no one knows his name. Hmm. You tell me. <laughs> Everyone knows that, right? Yeah, Pink Panther. Yeah. Plaz is, uh, that's his work right there. In 1938, Jenna Reno, the first woman U.S. Attorney General, was born on this day. 1939, Kim Fowley, best known as the producer and manager of the band The Runaways. 
Kentucky was born on this day, co-wrote their biggest song as well. Robin Williams, born on this day in 1951. Still hard to believe he's gone. I know. Time. It fucking hurts. 1953, Jeff Fat was born. Fat? You heard me. F-A-T? F-A-T-T. Oh, two Ts. Jeff Fat, okay. Chinese-Australian musician and actor, founding member of the most popular and successful Australian entertainment group of all time. Bigger than ACDC, bigger than NXS, Bigger than you name it. Did Livy Newton John, whoever came out of Australia, nobody touches this group. Any guesses? No. The Wiggles. Oh, the Wiggles. The Wiggles. Ah, the, oh, the Wiggles. Jesus Christ. Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Oh, fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. I avoided the Wiggles. Oh, the Wiggles. We got away. We escaped the Wiggles. What did your kid listen to? You didn't listen to the Wiggles. You didn't no. listen to Rafi. You've said he, that before. He didn't know Rafi. No Wiggles. Playing Iron Maiden into a, into his I got ears. it in pretty early in a in a headset. I turned up to a twelve pretty early. He was ears mostly bled. he was mostly Elmo mm. and Thomas the Train was his. But that's not that's not musical. He, was, he didn't, just, go, he didn't like, go much into the music shit. Wow. Poor deprived kid. I didn't deprive him. You never got I any gave of the him great, options. The great children's music the of his wiggles. time, dude. Just a bunch of mom bangers. <laughs> How dare you? Dude. Come on. They were great. They men. were lined up and backstage, now, and, and now a woman. There's a female Banging wiggle, moms. Wiggle That's as all well. they did was bang moms. Boy, mom bangers. <laughs> you are just evil. I'm telling you, dude. On every level, mom bangers. Each and every one of them. Why well, moms need love too? Not why are you, you against mom banging? No, nah, but they're just, they treated moms like groupies. 1956, Michael Connolly was born American crime writer who, of course, created the uh, famous, famous detective character in novels and TV. Yeah. Of? Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> Harry Bosch. If you're watching Bosch at all with Titus Welliver, I'm you have not, Michael so. Connolly to thank for that. Heron Hieronymus Bosch. Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus is his first name. Don't, not familiar. It's good stuff. I'm sure it is. 1961, Henry Ellard, NFL wide receiver, was born on this Played day. for Washington for a minute. Played for the Washington uh, Redskins, yeah. And in 1976, Corey Bush, American politician and representative from Missouri, born on this day. All right, you know what we do now. We find a food related to someone born on this day. We run it past Eddie Pence, see if it's something he'd be willing to eat. Or maybe just stick up his ass and pull out. Bosh. And there's only one way to find out. We talk about that food, then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. The reels go round and round, and when they stop, if they match... Jackpot. That means Eddie's eating the food in question, but if they're mismatched... <laughs> he's not going to go for it. On this day in 1943... Great Irish guitarist was born by the name of Henry McCullough. Henry, best known for his work as a founding member of the group Wings with oh, Paul McCartney. Okay. Played uh, lead guitar in that band for all of its early stuff leading up until uh, the Band on the Run sessions when he had a run-in with uh, McCartney. They had some, oh, a clash. A beef. And surprisingly, when it came down to either McCartney left the group or McCullough left the group, <laughs> Uh, Henry McCullough was given shocking. his walking papers. Here's a little bit of his work. We're going to get high, high, high with the music on. Won't say Uh, Henry was born in Northern Ireland, which has its own cuisine from yeah. the Republic and one of the most popular foods in Northern Ireland, it was popular with Henry as well, is dulce. Dulce? Dulce. D-U-L-C-E? D-U-L-S-E. S-E, dulce. Dulce is a popular snack in okay. um, Northern so Ireland. it's not a meal, it's a snack. It's not a meal. Okay. It's a snack. It can be used any number of ways. It is one of the most... Um, flexible of all the versatile if you will of all the vegetables mm. available in northern ireland it's a sea vegetable dulce is a red seaweed 
that possesses a mildly spicy salted flavor. Okay. It's traditionally bought in dehydrated form. You snack on dehydrated red seaweed. Is it flaky like green seaweed? It's uh, similar to okay. that. Same texture? Same texture, thing? yeah. It can be eaten as a dehydrated snack or it's sometimes uh, soaked in water and then added to soups and salads and stir fries and other dishes. It's been harvested for generations in Northern Ireland because it was used initially to supplement the income of the Northern Irish fishermen. When fishing was slack, they would just cultivate the uh, dulse and they would sell that mm-hmm. instead. You can get it as a, a crispy, tasty chip. They make dulse chips. You can add it to vegetables. Uh, it's been even baked into breads and muffins. It is so versatile and so full of nutrients and vitamins. So good and so good for you. Dulse, the popular food from so Northern Ireland. It's like a spicy seaweed? It's a spicy, salty seaweed. seaweed. Yes, okay. exactly right. So if Eddie Pence found himself in Northern Ireland, would he munch some dulse? There's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. One dulse, two dulse, three dulse. Eddie Pence loves seaweed. He likes to take the seaweed. And rub it on his body. No, and I don't. And eat it in my nuts. He would lick it and then rub Whoa. it on his nuts. Away. Lick my seaweed. Fucking oh. freak. God, he's a freak. We need to let him out more. Dulse. That's the problem. I'm shocked. Well, I, I eat sushi, and that's got seaweed. Like a, a roll has like seaweed like wrapped seaweed around. Wrapped that's why I eat it, yeah. seaweed. You ever eat uh, sheets of seaweed just as a snack? No, I've never done that. That's pretty tasty. I've never done that. But I've had seaweed on sushi so or sushi roll or whatever. So, so I, you, I would assume... You have no problem with the I dulse. I could make that transition. I think you could. So I have faith in you. I, I think you could no. make the transition to dulse. Dulse. So, next time we find ourselves in Northern Ireland. Yes, and we will. I'm going to get you a big bag of dulse. I can't wait. Say chow down. Have some of your dulse. Eat my dulse. Mm-mm-mm. And that's it for today's Born to be Alive. Born to be Alive. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Kurt Russell is returning to television. Mm. I say returning because the last time he was on television, he was in a role on Hawaii Five-0 in 1977. Oh my God, he hasn't been on TV since then? It's been that long. Wow. Um, actually, probably after that, I think... I think came the Elvis movie that he made with John Carter. Oh, it was made for TV. That was a TV movie, yeah. But after that, it was all uh, movie starting with him. But he's now returning to join the MonsterVerse. Are you familiar with this? Is this the Godzilla thing? This is the Godzilla universe, yeah. I didn't see the most recent Godzilla movie. I didn't either. That was the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, right? Yes, but apparently Godzilla was uh, against a a bunch of titans, apparently. Oh, wait. And it leveled San Francisco? I don't know any of the the mythology behind it. There was one where Godzilla fought all the titans or whatever, and then there was a Godzilla vs. Kong movie. I don't know. That came out during the pandemic. I'm all... I'm all I behind on this. They all kind of suck ass. Um, yeah, that's so why I was surprised that he would take the gig. He is uh, going to be on Apple Television. This is a TV series that picks up where those movies left off. Hmm. And it's the story of a family's journey to uncover the buried secrets and their legacy linking them to the secret organization known as Monarch that hmm. somehow has something to do with these monsters. Okay. Kurt Russell is going to be starring in that series along with his son, Wyatt Russell. Maybe that's why he's doing it. I'm thinking maybe he wants to work with his why. kid. Yeah. Wyatt, uh, many of you remember, recently played Captain America. John Walker. John Walker yeah. on the uh, the Disney Plus uh, Falcon and the Snowman TV right series. Soldier, whatever. Um, you wouldn't expect singer Ian Asbury of the cult to leap into a crowd and break up a fight, but that's no. exactly what happened on Tuesday night. He Knott's was on Farm? He was in Knott's Berry Farm. No. He was at the Anthem in Washington, D.C., performing the song Rain, and suddenly in the front row, two guys got into it, and one of the guys put the other guy in a chokehold, and that's when Ian leapt off the stage into the fray and broke up the fight. Wow. And then he got back up on stage and went into a tirade about how how tough he is, and he once knocked out a member of the Hell's Angels. Okay, buddy. You're walking on, you're skating on thin ice by taking that kind of shenanigans to his show. Man. Trying to straighten things out, so. Chode. How dare you? 
You saved a man's life. Yeah, but you don't gotta give up. You don't wanna lecture the rest of the audience about how tough you People are. People loved it. Fucking chode. Speaking of live shows, big uh, hullabaloo yeah. about this Dave Chappelle show that was just canceled in Minneapolis this week. Oh, really? Yeah, he was supposed to do a sold-out show yeah. at the First Avenue venue, and they canceled at the last minute. Why? Well, they were getting a lot of complaints from uh, trans supporters mm. who are still at odds with him over anti-trans jokes that mm. they perceive in his Netflix, Netflix special, The Closer. So... They were besieged by the community, and they said, okay, we hear you, and they canceled the show last wow. minute. Has there been a statement from Chappelle? There hasn't been as of yet. The theater released a statement saying they realized that their responsibility to the community extends beyond their walls, and they believe, they said, in freedom of expression, but they also uh, may have lost sight about the impact that this would have had on their community, so mm. they opted not to. I find this all very, very troubling. I, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone complaining about a performer whose opinions uh, they don't believe with. Yeah. And I don't begrudge any venue to not book an act if they don't like the content of their act. Yeah. But Dave Chappelle did this special a year ago. You know what's going on. Yeah. You booked him. You sold the tickets. It was sold out. It was the night before the show. And then you pull the plug because you're bowing down to pressure for some people yeah. who aren't happy with your choice. Yeah. You can't have it all. Either, either you know, vet your performers and make sure they fit in with your agenda or commit yourself, sell the tickets, and let people who want to see this performer come to see the performer. Yeah. And I feel bad for the people who are holding tickets to that show because now it's been canceled. It'll have to be rescheduled somewhere else. And, they, you know, people make plans and they book... Babysitters and all I kinds know. of things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, get your act together. Tom Cruise may be a neighbor of Steve Ashton any day now. What? Looks like he's shopping for a home in London. Oh, okay. He is currently shopping in the upscale Kensington area mm -hmm. near the Royal Kensington Palace. It's also known as the Billionaire's Row. <laughs> uh, rich people like Richard Branson and Stella McCartney and Robbie Williams have all lived in this neighborhood. Okay. He's looking at a home in the $10 million range. Huh. I guess you get a lot more home for your buck in uh, in the UK. I heard UK real estate was more expensive. Uh, apparently not. not. The average value of a home in that neighborhood is $35 million. Wow. Well, that's average. He's going $10 million, so yeah. he's, he's, he's going a smaller house. Looking for a bachelor pad. Wow. Just him and Zenu hanging out, eating pizza, <laughs> drinking beers. Zenu and Zimas. That's all he's going to do. <laughs> And it looks like there's going to be another Peter Jackson Beatles project. After the success of Get Back, Peter Jackson said he's in conversation with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr about working on yet another film project. Uh, don't turn this into The Hobbit. <laughs> Just stick with Lord of the Rings. You leave it alone. And don't go into the Hobbit phase of your career. Get Back was great. I, yeah. And I'm so was Lord of the Rings. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever he's mm, got coming down the pipe. That's what I thought when I went to see The Hobbit. And I'm like, well, you should have just stuck with Lord of the Rings. He said it's not going to be a documentary, however. Okay. It's another project with them. It's not a documentary, but that's all that I can really say. It's uh, He's working just with the two remaining Beatles. I can say can Hobbit. Imagine. Paul that's and Ringo. What I fear is coming. And Peter Jackson working together again. All right. I hope it's a buddy cop comedy with Paul and Ringo. <laughs> oh, me too. In the Middle Earth. Oh, I think we're getting too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We better go stop that... Smuggler over there has got all the diamonds. Okay, I'll tell you what. You beat on him with a couple of sticks, and I'll strum his penis like a guitar. Or something along those That's lines. Good cop, better cop. <laughs> Let's take a look at today's <laughs> celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on July 21st. Actress Diane Guerrero. She's 36. Do you ever watch Doom Patrol over there on HBO I have Max? not watched uh, it. I heard that is good. So good, and she's so good in it. She was also recently in Encanto for Disney. Mm -hmm. Movie director Norman Jewison is 96 years old. He's still old. alive? Yeah. Wow. What a body of work. Yeah, man. Started off with the fluffy romantic comedies like The Thrill of It All with James Garner and Doris Day, and then Cincinnati Kid with McQueen. Uh, another McQueen film, The Thomas Crown Affair, which is great, In the Heat of the Night. Musicals, Fiddler on the Roof and Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, he did science fiction. He did Rollerball with James Caan. Drama and Justice for All with Al Pacino. I'm out of order. You're out of order. Uh, Moonstruck. What an Oscar for that one. What a body of work. He's worked with everybody. He really has. 
Allie Landry, model and actress, is 49. Yusuf Islam, better known as Cat Stevens, celebrates his 74th birthday. Peace train sounding louder. Tonight on the peace train. Gary Trudeau, cartoonist and author of Doonesbury, is 74. Comedian Steve Byrne. Do you know Steve Byrne? I know Steve, yeah. Uh, from Sullivan and Son and the stage, of course, 48 years old. Emerson Hart, singer of Tonic, is 53. John Lovitz is 65 years old today. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Thank you. <laughs> Justin Bartha from The Hangover and the National, uh, what's that? Uh, Honor Society? No. <laughs> Nicholas Cage movie. National Treasure. Treasure, yeah. 44 years old. Fitz of Fitz and the Tantrums is 52. Josh Hartnett's 44. Petty. Petty? No. Petty. Betty Gilpin from Glow and recently Gaslit. She was so good in that show as Modine. 36 years old and singer-guitarist Philly's own Eric Bazillion of the Hooters. 69 today. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it's time to open up the doors of that infamous Institute of Learning, that center of sexuality. Ralph Sex You. You don't know what to do. There's one man to help you through. He's a graduate of sex. Today's topic comes from Garmy member Diana. Hi, Ralph. I'm Diana, two-star general from Los Angeles. I was watching Peaky Blinders the other day, and there was a scene where two of the male characters who were wearing these beautifully tailored suits and walking through fog uh, both put on gas masks. And I found myself super turned on by it, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And then I noticed with the amazing Queen Jay, you mentioned wearing a mask in a movie and she seemed a bit titillated. And it just got me to wondering if this whole mask thing is like a thing. Uh, I remember really enjoying the masquerade scene in Eyes Wide Shut. And I think it has something to do with the idea of being completely uninhibited because you don't know the person under the mask. So you feel less self-conscious. Um, anyway... I thought this might be an interesting topic for sex use. There's anything there. LMB. Great topic, Diana. And you're absolutely right. Sex fetishism or mask fetishism, rather, has been around for a long, long time. In Queen Jay's particular case, I believe it's because I said I was a stormtrooper and she's got a thing for stormtroopers. <laughs> More than the mask, I think it was just the stormtrooper thing. But um, sex and masks have gone hand in hand for a long time. The history of humans using masks is almost as old as history itself. It's been used in religious ceremonies, of course, in theatrical productions. Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. No, not Halloween. We'll get to Halloween. <laughs> but traditionally, the, the concept of masks as we know them goes back to medieval times where masquerade balls were part of Europe's carnival festivities. This would happen during, um, well, basically towards uh, Shrove Tuesday or uh, Ash Wednesday, you know, when you when you get ready to give something up for Lent, yes. there's a lot of celebrations historically that went on around that time. Right. Mardi Gras and things like yes. that. This practice was um, where good God-fearing Christians were encouraged to eat and drink and party and do all of the delightful things that they were supposed to eventually give up for uh -huh. Lent. And in many of those celebrations, they would mask themselves so as to 
free themselves from inhibitions and be able to do all these things without being identified by other people. Mm-hmm. So that was the very first connection of sort of debauchery and mass. Trying to make the most of the night. In the medieval yes. times where you weren't being recognized. And Diana's right. It does free up both the mask wearer and the person with, who's being with the person wearing the mm-hmm. mask because... Let's face it, the face is the way most of us acknowledge each other. And once you cover that up, you are creating a disconnect that allows you to either project your fantasies or your illusions or you, you're able to invest uh, what you hope that person is yeah. without having to deal with the reality of who they are. You don't get to see them for who they truly are, in quotes, and, and vice versa. So it's been a very sexualized um item for for many for many years in fact prostitutes in the 18th century in europe used to wear masks to hide their identity and it became so popular with the men of the era that their wives and girlfriends would start to wear the mask because guy was just guys were just so we can get off turned on by the concept (laughs) there are people with mask fetishes who are incapable of having sex unless someone is wearing a mask for them so it's absolutely a part of sex and it's also part of romance when you think about it Zorro and all these famous masked characters in literature, there's a romance and a mystery about yeah. a man in a mask that can be very exciting, especially for women. You have to realize, too, that depending on the mask, it can um, accentuate parts of the face that you maybe wouldn't ordinarily recognize. Think of a, a woman wearing a veil across her face and just with her eyes exposed. Mm-hmm. She's seducing someone just with the power of her eyes. Or Batman in his cow just has his chiseled jaw showing. And so sometimes women want to react to that. That's why more women want to fuck Batman than Superman, because he's got that mask on. Right. Know? Okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, sure it is. That's, yeah. Okay. Mask fetishism involves individuals who either drive sexual pleasure or arousal from other people wearing masks or from wearing masks themselves. So this is something that's been going on for some time. And it often will bleed over into other fetishes and paraphilias as well. For example, if you have colrophilia, colrophilia is sexual arousal from clowns. Oh, weird. You might want someone to wear a clown mask while you're having okay. sex with them. If you're a furry, you would want an animal mask. So Make, sometimes they cross, you cross the streams with right. other fetishes where masks are also in play. I get it. <laughs> there are uh, medical fetishists who like surgical masks. So okay. You can imagine playing doctor, right? Or the you know, COVID was pretty good times oh, for yeah. them. Every time they went out in the world, they were just fucking boning left and right, right, all the time, man. Uh, there's also um, different arenas of S and M, BDSM, where that crosses over as well with gimp masks and yeah. things like that, and that is usually to depersonify the submissive in the relationship. You put a mask over someone, they become... More of a sex toy or sex object than a person. They stop being a person and they start being your sexualized object. And the gas masks that Diana mentioned also um, are sexually arousing because you're controlling the breath of a person. Mm. You know, you can control how much they breathe or how much they don't breathe. And there's a whole different set of play when it comes to breath play as well. Or the doms can wear those because it gives the voice a very sinister tone, right. like Darth Vader, like Eddie spanks off to Darth Vader all, all the, the time. time. Or if there's, you know, some nasty butt sacks and starts to smell. Oh, my God. You're yeah. nothing if not practical. Yeah, gas <laughs> So. <laughs> Someone shits by accident. So, yes, Diana, sex and masks have been linked <laughs> ever since medieval times. People get turned on by the mystery, by the allure, by the imagination of what's behind that mask. Sometimes it's sexier to have sex with someone who is less vulnerable. You know, we often think of sexuality as the ultimate sense of vulnerability between two people. But if you're looking for something more carnal in nature, sometimes less um, vulnerable, less less personified makes it more raw and more animal because you're not really connecting with a person. You're connecting with an image. And that can be a lot of a turn on. And it sounds like it was for you when you were watching Peaky Blinders. Mm. So, by order of the Peaky Blinders. Such a sexy accent. Yeah, it is. The Birmingham accent. <laughs> that's Ralph Sex University. And that's it for today's show, kids. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You four-star generals, we'll see you in a couple hours. Tonight at 7 o'clock, please tune in and join us here in the Batcave. We're going to have a good time. Everybody else, we'll talk to you tomorrow. 
But in order for that to happen, you must take care of yourself, okay? Stay good in the hood. Don't go to Knott's Berry Farms. Make sure you, you stay safe. If you have safe. a chaperone, you can go. So what the, the chaperone thing is just so that... Just Fridays and Saturdays. So that the, the wildlings under, aren't just running around with under, chains and broken bottles. People under 17 need a chaperone. So it's the kids. The kids are the it's problem. It's the fucking kids. It's always the kids. Oh, so it's the, it's the 15, 16-year-old. Colton, Colton was out there with a broken bottle and a bike chain just <laughs> nah. wreck, wrecking some people. And you're off drinking butter beer with Mrs. Pence and yeah. doing whatever you want to do. Just, I, I, just letting him free-range chicken around the park. I taped two forks to his hands and I sent him out there. <laughs> Is he Wolverine? He's, Wolverine. He's, fork Wolverine. He's plastic fork Wolverine. Have at it, kid. Make me proud. Oh, boy. All right, kids. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> because... Life is life. And you know we want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. Until tomorrow, please always remember, I love you. I mean it. Bye. Ha ha, so ha, ha, I got it. Ha ha, bye bye. Take a better dance now. Bye, Menon.